Mr. Miss America, all the ships at sea. That's Sheehan for Colony Confidential. And let's see where we go from here. Yeah, and Joey Buns, the brains, I'm here. We got some great uh, interviews lined up. Looking forward to talk to more of you. We want to get uh, more of a take on the rest of the country and what's going on out there. Yeah. There's a couple of in-person seminars coming up. I wonder how many people are actually going. I'm scheduled to go to one that I was trying to go to in the past and never made it. I'm going to make it. Which one is that? Uh, the Paul Paul Bello. He does like a... It's oh, called, the guy in Long Island? No, he's from Georgia. I think he's originally from here so somewhere. So in person? They're doing it in person in Florida, in Clearwater. How many credits? It's, uh, I don't think it's a business seminar. It's all about, so in, in his groups, from what I've gathered, you have uh, a few people doing a couple of million or more, and then you have one-man operators. and It's very similar to exactly what we do here on the podcast, just in person. People sitting there. Paul talks about what he talks about, about making money and, and what he does and how you uh, can make more money. Uh, one of the things that I've read on some of his posts, what they talk about is making money on purpose. Um, you've heard me talk about that too, but it's really just a business seminar with like-minded people in the pest management industry. See, we didn't have enough of that when I was involved. No, and then so what happens at these? So this meeting is one that I, you know, where this is a lot of people that are out of the box thinkers, in my opinion, um, that that attend. Uh, so I want to go and see how out of the box they're thinking, and if we're on par with them or what's going on, especially with what's going on with COVID and everything and the shift in our industry. I think that this is the seminar to go to. The other seminars that we've been to are all doing it virtually. They've all been like the same old same. Uh, CO2, which we uh, talk talk about every year, is happening. It's happening virtually. So that's one that I usually always attend. Oh, I like that one. Yeah. Well, that's so that's, a, that's probably it's, it's, a it's larger. It's going to be on Zoom? It's however they're going to do it. I don't know if, they, if it's Zoom or MS Teams. I want to see my boy, Billy Kraft. Well, that just go to Florida. He put you up in his house. I know. Where is he in Florida? Uh, Orlando. Orlando. That's a long ride from my place. Yeah, but he'll put you up. He was. I told you, he would. He kidnapped me uh, four years ago at Pest World. He's a good time. He's a good guy to hang out with. He, uh, so whatever. We went out. He took me out to dinner. It was, it was, uh, it was the beginning of... The bromance. Thank goodness I didn't get as close as you did. But uh, <laughs> no, but he took me out. Then we went out afterwards. We had some drinks. And then he, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to take an Uber back. And he was like, nah, get in a truck. And he took me to his house. And I was like, I was like, Billy, I never met your wife. He's like, yeah, I'm going to get up at six. I'm going to go to work. My wife will take care of you. I was like, this is so weird. So anyway, so I wake up. Southern hospitality. Southern baby. hospitality. I wake up and his wife is dead. She's like, good morning, Joe. Do you want something to eat? And I was just like, it was almost like the walk of shame that you hear of after a one-night stand, you know? Because <laughs> here's his wife. She's like, oh, I just got to do the Is dishes real I didn't do the dishes because I didn't want to wake you up. So I'm just going to do the dishes real quick and I'll drive you to the hotel. And here I am telling his wife, no, I'll take an Uber. She's like, walk absolutely not. I thought it was the get the hell it out It was first. just very funny. So then at like, so, so she gets the dishes done and here I am looking disheveled going back into the hotel of pest world where everybody's up and doing their thing it's like 8 45 in the morning and i'm just like this where is... was i i didn't go uh no you weren't there that year oh. but but yeah but so the seminars i mean the co2 one is always good but the co2 one is very formal and organized like it. it was it was very good but but the difference between that and the paul bellow seminars and 
take this with a little bit of salt, I guess, because I've never been to one. But from what I see, what I've heard, and what I've gathered, it's it's more informal. People are, from the pictures I've seen, nobody's dressed in a suit. It's a roundtable discussion. They cap it. I don't think there's ever more than 40 people at his seminars. Like, like I bought my tickets a week ago and it was almost sold out. Okay. But it's more like, I guess, like the discussion, it's almost, it's like a real roundtable. There's, Paul puts his stuff out there and then it's for everyone to discuss. And for, you you have people from all over the country. You have Josh Alpert, who has uh, Green Earth here in New York and in L.A. You have other people from Chicago, um, Paul Chopin from Chopin Pest. And then you have other people throughout Alabama, Atlanta, uh, all over the country, Seattle, that all come and they talk about what they do. And... One of the reasons I'm going is we are absolutely pivoting. We're changing the business model for 2021 to a certain extent. Um, that extent has not been fully formed, but we are going to diversify and go more into residential. We're going to come up with real residential plans opposed to the New York City bullshit. It's all still monthly, but what we're going to do is we're going to create the subscription-based uh, residential plans with add-ons and everything like that and we're going to go full-blown probably into mosquitoes and ticks and everything how like are you going to expand that what do you mean how are you going to get into it i'm going to create the programs and then we're going to market the shit out of it we're going to market it through the internet okay because i see it i see a couple of exterminators they run like every day from on facebook not a bad idea but so well, with- that's one way but my whole thing is to to is is to I mean, we're going to use social media like we use it now, but we're going to use more like, so we're Google guaranteed now for over a year. So we'll turn that on. And with, with the Google guarantee, you're paying per lead. So we're going to throw a ton of money at different things from social media marketing to uh, Google marketing, um, probably end up on the Angie lists and stuff like that and really pump the reviews to get it all working correctly, the reviews, the Google guarantee, and then we're gonna have to track all of the marketing to make sure, okay, if we're, if we're spending 2,500 a month on Google, what are we closing, right? And this is, this is what all of these seminars talk about. If you remember the CO2 seminar, they rolled out that software that's, um, well, that, that's truly supposed that to- changed. What? Like it, uh, you take out an in the yellow pages. So the first year, we got crap. Told the guy I'm not going to do it. He gave me a year for free, and they sent this guy in and he redesigned. They gave me the first page mm-hmm. in, the, in the exterminating section. Bingo! I got this um, assisted living place out in Queens, eighteen hundred a month. Paid for everything. After, after the next year, they said, "Can you give us say eight hundred a month?" I go, "All right." You never tell them. Oh yeah, no problem. So I mean, it worked. But go back to the CO two. That means I'm not going to meet the love of my life this year? Thank God. Doesn't say much for her big company that they send her as a speaker. Yeah, I don't think she would have was invited back, by the way. So during her speech when we were falling I don't asleep, to be, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm texting the uh, organizers. And yeah. I'm like, listen, do you really want me to turn the card in on this speech? Because I can tell you right now that it's a no-no. And she, she just wrote back, yeah, we won't be inviting her back. <laughs> oh, oh. But listen, it is what it is. And and look, just to touch on that real quick, when when we were running the associations, this is something that we that we discussed that just because you're in a position of authority does not mean you're a good public speaker. And you need to know yourself and if you can speak publicly and if you if you can, then you should be uh 
the mouth of your particular organization. And if you have a large organization, you should create mouthpieces that can speak articulately, can capture the audience's attention, and can get your message through. Um, and sometimes people can't do that right away, but if you see something in them, then you need to develop it. Uh, there were plenty of people in when we merged the associations that were not good public speakers. And when they got up, they were clammy, sweaty, um, and and they gave up. And that's the other key because he, he, even for me with public speaking and stuff like that, it's not something that I really enjoyed. So oh. those of you, I don't really enjoy public speaking because you can't smack anybody and it's I annoying. Loved it. I loved it. But so, but so my point is, is that it took well, me a what, while. I got a question. What annoys you about it? The human beings in front of me. What are they talking? Just, just whatever. Just that you can't walk around and smack people. Like, shut the fuck up. You're wrong. You people do- like, uh, for example, when I did one of the first ones that I did that I was a little nervous on was speaking at the bed bug, um, the, the certified bed bug specialist thing. And I was talking about bed bugs in um, sensitive accounts. And like 25 minutes of it was the guy wanted to argue about canines versus humans. And he was ignorant. Um, he didn't have his facts. But so and and so yes, I understand the argument point that you're talking about. But also part of the public setting thing is you don't necessarily want to get riled by people and get crazy. You can't. So the way I shut him up was I said, "Listen, if you think you're that good, let's go into a hundred thousand square foot office space. You look for bed bugs, and I'll send my dog in. We'll see who finds them and how quickly it happens." I said, "How much do you want to bet?" You want to bet a hundred grand? I said, "What's your business worth? You want to bet businesses? Your business? How much is it worth? If it's the same, you want to put pink slips up?" And he shut up. So you handled it right. What yeah, I, but what, it, but what, stuff like that is like, let me just done. talk and get my point across. Yes, but here. Yes, yes, sir. Here's a gem. I understand. I understand what you're saying, but I only have a limited time to speak. I'd be happy to talk to you later. When, you know, yeah. when during the break, I'd be more than happy to. Get, hmm. So this way, you don't get argumentative. What my problem was... Argumentative. I don't know what argumentative is. Whatever. You got the message. Um, my thing was, these guys would be talking. So I used to just walk down with a handheld mic and go, what do you want to say? Oh, 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 yeah. oh. I mean, there's ways about it. But I'm just saying, like, so the point of it is, is public speaking is not for everybody. And if you want to do it, do it right and make sure that you practice. So, all right. So listen, like we were talking about the Paul J. Bellow seminar, there's... there's it's coming up. It's October 8th to the 12th. Um, I think it might be sold out. But again, we're going to this to network and learn and continue our knowledge with uh, different groups of people. Like I said, I believe that the people that attend that seminar are also out-of-the-box thinkers. And I enjoy that because that's how you always learn. All of these cookie-cutter people that just have the same old thing and follow what's been followed for years are the ones that stagnate and, and don't really grow. Um, so that's coming up in October, the 8th to the 12th. It is in person. It will be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, you have Pest World is all virtual. Uh, I hope anybody that planned on attending got the flash sale. Uh, I think it was Tuesday, Wednesday, and it ended Thursday for $250. We're get, I'm hearing a lot of concern regarding Pest World from the vendors. The, they still had to pay full price. A lot of them are concerned with how it's going to go. Um, how does that go? 
You can't touch anything. You can't talk to your friends. Where's Paulie Company? No. There's going to be some type of virtual experience that can happen, but it is going to be different to, to make them pay the same price. In my opinion, if they're paying the same price, it is not fair because they don't have the same stuff, the FaceTime. Um, I, I don't know what the price they're paying, but there's a lot of concerns. I actually had some of our friends that I won't mention reach out to me and ask me what I thought and if I thought it was worth it for them. And I just went through the whole thing with them. It's not worth it. Well, I think... So, you know, they could, you know, here's what I would do if I was a vendor. They give you a list of all the names they always from do. last year. No, they give you the, the current year. If you pay. If you pay, yes. I wouldn't pay. I'd take last year's list and start bombing them with those stuff with pictures. You got to realize there's big companies, they make up about 2%. Then there's us, we make up the next 5%. Then the rest of them, mom and pop, one or two guys... They want to see things before they're going to buy it. You know, like if, if you go on, I don't want to mention it, Amazon, and you want to buy a couch, you get the picture of the couch, you blow it up, it'll show you from all different kinds of angles and stuff. I've been looking at Rolex watches. Oh, I got the number for that guy too. Oh, good. Anyway, they don't have to watch I want. But my point, well, that that's why you got to get a guy. But we go... So let's get back to past world. So I had the conversation and I didn't I didn't give a full opinion as far as what to do or what not to do because in my opinion, you got to make a business decision, right? Everybody's affected by COVID from insurance companies all the way down. Insurance companies are losing money on, on two different um, angles, right? They're losing money from people going out of business due to COVID yeah. and they're also losing money on the mass consolidation, right? When, what when, do you mean by mass consolidation? So the the big companies of the world are buying companies, good size companies. Like I know some of some of the people that we know in insurance have lost a couple of million dollars worth of business due to big companies selling out to the, the giants. So they're losing money. However, they're losing money. So I spoke to somebody, and I just said they're like, "Do you think it's worth it?" And they gave me the dollar amount, and I said, "Well." Uh, so here's, you got to think of it from a business standpoint. You can't think of continuing to do your marketing in a, 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 a emotional way. You just have to say, so for example, when we did Passworld, it cost us, I'm just going to say, let's say it cost us 10000 all in with travel, meals, hotel rooms, and being there plus uh, the models that we had to push our stuff, right? So it cost us ten grand. So let's say now this year it's virtual and it's only going to cost us the price of the booth. Let's say the price of the booth was 3500 right? Yeah. So now your marketing dollar is that you've already budgeted for before COVID. You budgeted the 10. Now it's almost, it's 65% less. Okay, it makes sense. But how are they projecting it? What are they going to do for you? What are they doing? How do you, how do you get on it? They, they have yes, it's all it's all put out there. They have the whole well, logistics. I don't know it because we're not a vendor, but that was my call that was up, my uh, call up Murphy. That was my response to them, the people that asked. I said you need to look at it as if it's in your budget because now because here's the other thing: did you lose seventy percent of your business? Because then it's it's a definite no. But did you lose twenty percent? Now you're saving sixty percent or whatever it is. So maybe you know, maybe it's still worth it. And the other thing too. If you don't, if let's say, so one of the people I spoke to have been exhibiting for 10 years, they were full blown. They were like, we're doing it no matter what. But they had a point. They're like, if we pull out. So when you go to Pest World, you're on 
their seniority. If you've been there for 30 years, you pick your position. You get to pick where you are. So now if you pull out for this year, you go back to the bottom. Okay. You know, it's 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 some might call it mafia tactics, union tactics, like, strong arm like, tactics. I would like to know, which we don't know, how are you gonna present my product? There's like a virtual exhibit room, from what I understand. Oh. All right. Well, since you put it that way, if you're saving sixty five percent of your cost well, it, I'm just saying that's how you have to look at it. You have to look at what your true savings are by not bringing... Think about... Just think about the big companies that send all of their sales team. So they, they got 40 people at their booth. You know how many people they need at the booth now? One. Yeah. And you're already paying that guy's salary anyway. And you have your, your number one guy, if it's the director of marketing or whatever, or you have your, your top five guys so that people can still do, still do their regular work during you the day. you got to figure MPMA is hurting because all these seminars they could put on, they can't do that now. Correct. Sure and he's a big moneymaker. Huge. But they got to think about what we had in the bank as the association, right? We never had no money. We never were in concern about money because we had dues and we made money on everything. Even if you make $1 on everything you spend, if you put on a $100,000 event and you make 101000 then there's no issues in your bank account. Yeah. So they should, if they're smart, they should be in a position to do well. And you still have people contributing. You still have people paying dues. You still have a lot of stuff going on. And their expense, their expense too for this is got to be down by a ton. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because they don't not... have to rent the hotel. Mm-hmm. I got you, buddy. I'm with you. Now, that that budget also probably, the hotel budget is probably now into software of some kind to run the whole thing. Yeah. You know? Because if it's going to be via Zoom, they're paying for all of those Zoom accounts, let's say, or Microsoft Teams or whatever it is. But the point is, is that all this stuff is happening virtually. Um, Paul Bello is still doing it in person. There's some uh, New Jersey seminars that are in person. I think New York will eventually do some in-person stuff. Um, but it's again, it's it's going to be attendance is going to be capped. So that's another thing you're going to have to look at. If you normally get 150 people, you're going to have to do one of two things. Make it 50% occupancy or 25, whatever it is. 25 is for restaurants. So really, you know, what all this stuff comes down to is is money and numbers. And what if I you wanna... run your numbers and, yeah, and the numbers it. still make sense, is it... And you also got to hedge your bets, right? Is is this going to be forever? Do you want to cut ties with the NPMA Association? The is, Do you want to piss them off? Well, here's the thing. You look at these restaurants that have been hanging on forever now, six months, maybe more. And from my friend Rick, who owns restaurants. Mm -hmm. Golden Corrals. They, yeah, Golden Corral. Also owns Pap Cigars. Um, when I said, oh, they, they, they allowed me to open up whatever state it was in. He goes, yeah, 25%, I'll lose more money. Well, yeah, so like, uh, for those of you that follow... A lot of his stuff has opened up to 50%. That seems to be the break-even or whatever. For everybody that follows us on social media, I spoke about this yesterday. And on the scissors? I had, no. I had um, a good conversation with a restaurant owner in Manhattan after we had a great meal. And he was... What restaurant was that? E Truly. We do them, right? No, we don't. Oh. Um, it was okay. 
he said he was like, yeah, great, I can open at 33. He he's very fortunate because he had a an outside patio with a roof that he built, right? So he had about I want to say 10 tables out there and eight tables out front. So he's like, and he also owns two vineyards in Tuscany. So he is in no fucking problem. He's good, right? Money-wise. But he said, he said, that's great. I can open it if, if they let me open at 30%. He's like, so I gotta open all day, right? He's like, air conditioner, same price. Lights, same price. He said, everything is the same price. He said, so now at 30, 33% occupancy rate, let's just do the numbers. Was I making a 70% profit? No, not even close. He's like, so what are we doing? But what he did, he's very smart. He said he's never, COVID has taught him he's never opening again for lunch. He's only going to do dinner. For four o'clock on, he's going to keep the, the full staff full time, six in the morning, whatever time they get in. He is, he's on one of those apps. I think it's Gold Belly. And he sends pasta kits to all over the country. And COVID made him pivot to doing that. Yeah. Like like whoever, I don't know if it's him or someone came up with the idea and they started doing it. And he said he's making more money with that than he made on the lunch. It's like Rick. He's making money with the cigars. Right. Right. But that's different because that's a whole different. It's it's yes, it's, it's him not, pivoting. It's not food. Right? It, it's, true di- it's true diversification, right? So he has food and now he has cigars. This is just straight food and a guy. And this is what we talk about all the time is out-of-the-box thinkers that were always a step ahead before COVID, let's say will have been forced to even think further out of the box and you're seeing all these things develop. It's gonna be a big change. Huge change. I mean I you know, for us in the city, the good news is the Blosio cut back a couple of hundred sanitation workers. It's gonna be more rats. Do you, do you saw that thing in the paper the other day with I, it, of, it's not official yet, but yeah. I mean look. No 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 but a lot of business this was in the paper the other day. A lot of Important business owner in Manhattan sent him a letter to clean up this crap in Manhattan. Well, yeah. So JetBlue, Goldman Sachs, all of the major players in New York City signed a letter calling, saying that if he doesn't do... Just to go into that, I spoke about it briefly on social media. They want their top level executives back in their buildings doing work. And they had a date to come back of September 21st. And their executives all said, we are afraid for our safety have you seen what's going on in Manhattan, right? That, that's, that's where, that's how they played it with the Blosio. And they said, so these companies sent them that letter and they said if he doesn't do something about it, they're gonna call for a vote of no confidence. It Which also, I think may happen anyway because I don't know anybody, right, left, middle, that has anything good to say about what he's done. Well, there's also um, a lot of these companies are calling van lines they want to get ready in case they got to get the hell out. I'm sure that's one of it. And and if you saw, I don't know if you saw, but one of your favorite places to stay, Barbados, has major marketing dollars pushed out to the United States saying they've alleviated all visas so you could stay in the country for two years without a visa. Yeah. And they're basically saying, come live in our beautiful island and work remotely in your fancy U.S. job, save money on rent, save money, our dollar is less than yours. All of that is there. They're telling people, come live in paradise and still make your you know, American money. I met this guy at some, I think it was a polo match or something. He's like, yeah, I got a business, but I run it from here. You know, I got, and he told me all about it. And I'm like, he's bullshitting me. 
But apparently he wasn't. No, and if you think about so so we were, we were talking before about um, you getting stuff from Amazon and it says free shipping, but you always get charged four ninety five for shipping. So think about Amazon, all of these big companies, Amazon, Google, uh, Apple, all almost all of those companies told people you don't have don't even think about we're going to make a decision in January on about if what if you're going to continue to work from home or not. So no matter what, and this was in May when when now is in the news, like these large companies, blah, blah, all told their people, don't think about coming into the office until 2021. So think about that. In in May, you don't got to worry for seven months. Why would you stay in America if you could go to a tropical island? Or down to the Florida Panhandle. Yes, still America though. But my point is, you're making making $150,000 and you live anywhere in the U.S., it, your cost of living is X. You move to the Caribbean, right? There, let's just use Barbados. One dollar U.S. is like two dollars there. If you go to other places, Trinidad, it's like six or seven. If you go to Dominican Republic, it's like thirty pesos to U.S. dollar. A little, but a little rough in the Dominican Republic. It, it can be rough anywhere. But my point is, if you go to these places where your dollar is more, right? Yeah. You're still paying U.S. taxes, but. You go there, you rent the place. You remember how cheap an apartment was in Barbados for a month, right? But then also, your grocery bills, you're paying 600 a month. I remember, that was 20 years ago. But my point is, is it's relative. Costa Rica. Yeah. That's the place, baby. Well, that's what I'm saying. But think about if, if you could do that, if your job was set up so your biggest expense in whatever island you went to is going to be high-speed internet so you could do your job. That's it. But think about that. If you don't have a business that's so, face-to-face... So are, you, are you telling me you're moving? You gave no. up on a house in Long Island? No, no. I would love to do that, but it, it doesn't work for a service business model. That doesn't work. Not for us. Not at our level. Okay. Now, if, if, if Colony was a $20 million a year business, it would definitely be in the cards for me to bounce to the yeah, Caribbean. Yeah, because you like Chris run it. Well, it, there'd be multiple Chris's. Did okay. at that point I would at twenty million it would still be the top dog. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying at twenty million it would be me, right? Yeah. And then it would be Chris. So where and, were you thinking of going? I wasn't thinking of going anywhere. What but if I had to choose right now, I would go to Tobago. Okay, just get a place with a room for me. Yeah, we're not at twenty million yet. But my, you, you understand my point? Like that would be the difference. And at that point too, as long as. With COVID, the concern would be traveling, getting back into the country if you had to. Because at $20 million, obviously, you could jump on a plane whenever you want. I mean, even less than that, we you can get, jump on. You would get a private jet. Mm, at $20 million, though. I might have a jet sharing thing. But anyway. I didn't see that's what I meant. I didn't want to buy it. But it's, it's very interesting times to see how that's going to change. I've said this before. Even at Colony, we were in... Um, we were looking at buildings for the past three years with the growth that we were having, knowing that we were maxing out space in the company. And with COVID and understanding how easily we can pivot to working from home, I, I still look, but I don't look as aggressively as I looked before. So we can probably go another five to seven years growing out of that location. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all changes. And we're already seeing in corporate office space, we had, during COVID, we had a building that we service once a week. They started seeing uptick in rats because of the restaurants in the base of the building were not getting serviced. So they told us, we want you to come twice a week now and doubled their cost. Now, effective September 1, they want to go to twice a month service.
Because you got it under control. Well, be, probably twice because... Twice a month from once a... Twice a month from twice a week. But originally, before COVID, it was once a week service. Now they want it only twice a month. So they're, they're pulling back on service now after doubling down because they're probably starting to lose the battles with the leases. Another thing that the restaurant guy told me was part of uh, the COVID plans that are going on is that your personal guarantee for your lease is voided now. So let's say you come and I give you a lease for colony pest management, but you, Ed Sheehan, have to sign personally with all of your assets as collateral. That is, you can you can opt out of the lease and there's no personal guarantee anymore. So even the restaurant guy told me, he said the average lifespan of a restaurant in New York City is 30 months. He's like, if I if I wasn't if I wasn't in a position I'm in, I would really have to look at all my numbers and I would probably declare bankruptcy. Take all the money the government gave me, the PPP money, the EIDL money for the business. The EIDL money is a personal guarantee, though, so you would still have to pay that back. He said, I would take all that money and sit on it until this passed, knowing that restaurant space in New York City is going to be cheap. And when this is all over, I'm going to be able to negotiate a great deal under a different business. So I bankrupt this restaurant. I take all the PPP money that I'm not going to have to pay back to the government because there's no personal guarantee for the PPP money, and I fucking sit on it. He's like, for what, two, three years? If I was, if I was smart enough with my money, why wait this out for two or three years and spend money? I can sit on my money, live the lifestyle, maybe pull back on my lifestyle, and when this all plays out, I can come back and do it. He's like, and if it doesn't play out and it goes to hell, I still did the right thing. A lot of this coming back is going to depend on how, if they get that resurgence in the fall. Of the COVID. Well, yeah. And it's also gonna, it's also gonna depend a lot on these kids going back to school. Yes, and see I see what happened. Are you following us on social media? Come on, everybody, let's go get it together. Follow us everywhere. You know, social media exists: Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Go follow us for daily updates. Those of you that check in with me, I want to thank you for uh, giving me thumbs up on my daily updates. Do you want to see more of me? Let us know. Hit us up. DM us at Colony Confidential on all social media. Also, you can always uh, email us at colonyconfidential at gmail.com.